What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pro Hope Podcast. My name is Penda Jai, and today we are just stripping things down, bringing it back to the basics with a Dear Pro Hope style podcast. So we are answering your text, DMs, FaceTimes, calls, all of all of the ways that you've been able to ask questions, and we are answering them right here, right now. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into Dear Pro Hope and hear what the community has to say. All right, so our first segment comes from Instagram. Of course, we are keeping all things anonymous, not trying to put people on blast, but the question is, what are my thoughts on the notion of being watched slash exhibitionism, also known as voyeurism? So my thoughts on this are, I think it's great if you are in the mindset and know that this is simply another way to experience pleasure. If you're looking at it as a way of valuing yourself and comparing yourself to other people or how your partner partner sees you in their eyes, I don't think it's really the greatest thing for your psyche. I dated someone who was a voyeur. They wanted to see me have sex with someone else in like their living room, right? And I really was not equipped to be on this same mental wavelength to think that I could still be loved by this person while being shared with someone else. I really could not wrap my brain around it. It didn't make sense. I would never have been comfortable or felt like I could express myself fully sexually with someone else knowing that this person was watching. So in that regard, in that point in my life, I totally would not have been able to handle it. I think now I can understand a little bit more the depths of pleasure, where it comes from, the impetus that we all express pleasure and desire on different levels. And basically some of us even on different, like completely different planes, like not even mentally aligned with our partners. And I think that's really important when you're having sex with people. Are you aligned sexually? I think that, you know, I was, I was actually seeing someone and I was telling my friends, I was like, you know, he's dope, I guess. Like he's doing this right. He's doing this right. But like, I don't think we're sexually compatible, but am I self-sabotaging? Am I being Molly from Insecure was basically the question. And she was like, well, sis, I mean, all of that is great. Yes, he's doing this right and that right. But are you really going to compromise your sex life? Are you going to have bad sex for whoever, who knows how long. And, you know, it just, it brought me right back down to reality where I was like, you know what? You're right. Sexual compatibility for me is just as high up there as intellect, as sense of humor, compassion, all of that stuff that we all aspire to have in a partner that we want in ourselves, that we see in ourselves. Sexual compatibility, like y'all, you got to be able to hit it right. You got to be able to do, (laughs) to to eat out, eat the ass, do this, like make me wet, squirt, orgasm, come, all of that stuff. So, you know, I just feel like if your partner is a voyeur and that's just really not your jam, that's not your shit, then it just may not be the person for you. Um, I think, you know, recently I was seeing two, two people, two men, and with both of them, I was having mind blowing sex, incredible sex, so good that I was like, damn, somebody needs to witness this. Like I need someone else to know how fired this is without making a tape, without making an OnlyFans, without putting our shit out onto the internet. And you know what the the next best thing was? I needed one of them to watch me with the other person. I was like, I need one of these guys who I feel like is open enough to just watch, just watch us. So I asked and one of them wasn't down, so it got shut down, sadly. But that was really my one time that I felt like I was really, really, you know, 
adventurous enough to venture into the voyeurism role. And when I really broke it down, I thought it was part of a performance. I love performing. And this was really a moment to just perform and be free sexually and feel the energy of someone watching me. And I assume that's what my partner years ago, you know, he had that same similar excitement within him. So I get it. Um, I don't know if it's for everyone. I don't know if it's something that I would frequent, but you know, I think that we all have moments, we grow, we evolve, and parts of us feel like we need to be seen. And for some of us, being seen sexually is really important. So I feel like if it's with if your partner's down, you should do it. All right, our next question comes from a text message that I received, which will also remain anonymous, but it says, do threesomes strengthen relationships? Now, I thought this was such an interesting question because strengthen is is not quite the word that I would, you know, attach to threesomes. I feel like that's kind of the equivalent of saying like, do babies strengthen marriages, which I, I, I'm not married. I don't have children, so I don't know, but I think that that is the opposite of what bringing a child into a marriage does. I think what a threesome can do for a relationship is it can create more curiosity. It can stretch your mind into thinking, you know, how can we expand our box of pleasure? How can we dive deeper into our bodies? Maybe you'll experience something with a third person that you weren't experiencing with your partner. I think all of those cases are so valid in a threesome. Um, But then I think you also have to be careful, like you have notions of jealousy, of, you know, inadequacy. Those things also can appear in a threesome if you're not mentally prepared for that. So I think strengthen is a really interesting word. I think if the communication is right with your partner, if you're both on board, if you've set up your boundaries that exist within this threesome, what, what is, you know, which type of emotional and physical things are allowed in a threesome, you know, maybe it does stretch, maybe it stretches the boundaries of, of your communication. Maybe it stretches, you know, how you protect each other or adhere to people's, to their needs when a third person is involved. So, you know, perhaps, perhaps it can strengthen, but I don't think it should be a bandaid, right? I think it can strengthen certain areas of a relationship but it's not a fix all. It's not a let's throw this threesome in because we're bored and we need, you know, I'm not sexually attracted, but maybe this third person will bring the energy back in. I don't think that it's great for that. Um, yeah, so, but do it. it they're fun. <laughs> okay, this, this, um, this question comes from Twitter. Have you had sex with your exes? Would you fuck them again? Huh. I, you know, I believe in going forward in all, in all aspects of my life. Um, goddamn, you know what? That's a lie. Cause I for sure have definitely had sex with exes before. I would like to say that I'm going forward in all ways in my life, but it doesn't always happen that way. So, you know, it happens. You do it, you know, sometimes you just want to be with someone that you trust, a body that you know, a dicks that you like, the strokes are right. You know how to make it work. He knows how to make it work. You know, I'm, for me personally, you know, it has happened. I don't want to write it off, but I would like to think that, if they're an ex, they're an ex for a reason. So if it's just sex, if you can detach yourself, you know, emotionally, if that person didn't serve you, if you can just get into the physicalness of it, then I think that that's, you know, I feel like after this quarantine, 
you know, pussy is basically just going to be for free. So I'm sure a lot of exes are really going to, are going to benefit from this, from this quarantine. So, you know, I think if it doesn't harm you emotionally, do you boo, get you, get yours. Okay. This question is another one from Instagram stories said, what is the best sex that I've ever had? What is my favorite sex position? Okay, so the best sex that I've ever had, I told this story when I was first starting out writing with ProHo when I was first blogging, is um, basically when I was digmatized. So if you don't know what digmatized means, it's basically when a dick is so good that you just are hypnotized. They could literally be a serial killer. They could be freaking Flavor Flav. But if the dick is that good, you just keep coming back for more. You don't see, your friends are telling you, sis, no, stay away, stay away, it's not good for you. And all you can see is dick, that's it. Okay, that was some of the best sex that I've ever had. That was the first experience that I had where I came multiple times. That that experience really opened my eyes to how pleasurable sex can be, how euphoric it can be, and taking that energy and harnessing it in other areas of my life, that's when I was really like, yo, I'm unstoppable. My body can do incredible things. Don't ever tell me anything besides that. That was the, probably the best sex that I've had. And you know, to this day, I probably am measuring everything up to that level. I'm just like, well, damn. It's not as good as it was with, you know, not gonna throw his name out there, but you know, Definitely set set the standards pretty high. Um, as far as favorite position goes, I love from the back. And I also really like being bent over the bed with one leg hiked up. Honestly, that was the first time that I squirted when I was being fingered that way. Um, a lot of y'all are asking about squirting. We're going to do a special episode on squirting because... There's just so much to it. It's not pee, it is pee, et cetera. So I do want to debunk all these myths around squirting. But um, I love that position, leg up, over the bed. Um, and I think it was just a mental space. Like I was I was, op- I was, so open and it just, we were so in sync mentally that there was no other choice but to, but to release in that way. Um, what else? Oh, my other favorite... Um, position is laying down on my stomach flat with my partner, male partner on top of me, also on his stomach. So we're stomach, you know, we're laying right on top of each other and my legs close, his legs on the outside. I don't know the name of this position. I got to figure it out. Um, but yeah, that's the one where I just feel super close and connected. Like our bodies are touching. I feel the weight on me. Y'all that's what I'm missing in quarantine. Like your vibrators cannot give you weight. There's no weight, okay? There's nobody pressing on you. (laughs) And I can't, you know, like BDSM my my own damn self. It doesn't work, okay? I can't choke myself and get off on that. I need someone else. I need a spank. I need a hand. I need a heavy hand to come down on me. Um, Goddamn, I miss it. I miss it. Soon. Okay, this is a really great question and one that's so relevant. It's coming all the way from Kenya off of the heels of my last collaboration with Kaz um, Lucas of the Spread Pod last week. If you haven't caught that episode, please do so. But the question is, how do I spice up my relationship now that we're separated by COVID? And yo, this is really, I have so much to say about this because 
I feel like I'm getting questions from both sides of the fence on this one. I have friends who are quarantining alone and who are asking questions like, is it okay to use my stimulus money on vibrators? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> like stimulate yourself. Like if that makes you feel better during this time, please, by all means, like treat yourself. But then I get it from other people who are saying they're in relationships during quarantine, but they just want to masturbate. Their their fiance or partner is suffocating them. How do they navigate this space of always being together? Then you have to think about people who are in unsafe spaces with their partners, people who are maybe in domestic relationship, domestic violence relationships, don't have the option to get out, to have space. Maybe, you know, going to work or going to the gym was really their saving grace. So I feel like there are so many sides to this question, but I'm gonna first address the one with your partner, how to bring back intimacy with your partner during quarantine, how do you spice it up? I am a firm believer of, you know, voice notes, of sending porn. I know that you're in the same room, but if you can just kind of carve out separate spaces, I think that's really great. I think now is a great time to be extra communicative about your desires if you're feeling suffocated, if you're feeling like you're not getting enough attention. I think that's when you have to really speak up. But I do think in terms of the voice notes and the porn, I think it's so sexy if you are maybe in the bathroom and you send your partner like a little voice note, just like saying, I can't wait until we meet in the same fucking room, which is in about 30 seconds, but I can't wait till we're back in the room and we can do X, Y, Z. I think that's a great way to kind of spice it up, surprise, you know, a way of communicating that doesn't have to be face to face, even though you're in the same space. Um, Like I said before, sending small snippets of like your favorite porn videos saying, I can't wait till we do this tonight. This is what I'm doing to you tonight. I'm gonna suck you like this. I want you to lick me like this. Showing visuals, getting creative about the material, the content that you're sending each other. Um, I think that's really special. Um, I think just start easy. If you um, want, if there's something you wanna try, if there's something that you wanna work on, now's the time to say, hey, you remember that one time when you touched me right here, this is what I want to get back to. I think right now is a great time to kind of find and hone in on your true pleasures, what makes you feel really great. Um, Because I think, especially during this time, the more that you can identify what feels really amazing, the more that you can identify things on the opposite end that aren't bringing you joy, that feel depressive, that bring out anxiety, that bring out shame. I think this is a time to really identify those opposite spectrums so that when we are out of this, you're able to decipher more so what serves you and what you can release, what you need to let go, what, what isn't, you know, in line with your purpose in this moment. Um, I also think it's a great time to realize that we all have a lot of trauma that surrounds our sexual identities. Um, maybe we're not even aware, but I'm sure we've had sex with people, um, and different instances or situations that we have trauma around and it affects our vulnerability and our intimacy right now and in the relationships that we're in. So I think if you can speak to that, if you feel confident, if you feel comfortable speaking to your partner about this, if you wanna start to kind of peel away, start the healing of some of those more traumatic experiences, I I think that is super powerful if you're not engaging in sex at this time, even if you are, I think that's the work that we really have to do is to start healing ourselves so that we can kind of eradicate the shame that is surrounding us and our sexual liberties. Um, I think also it's so important if you're not feeling like having sex with your partner at this time, 
that is fucking valid too. Okay, like you don't have to have sex with this person just because you're stuck in the room with them. If you want to be like, listen, the outside world, the toll that this is taking on black and brown bodies are people are dying. They're trying to open up fucking Georgia this weekend in the gyms and the nail salons and the hair salons, all the all the black establishments. Oh, so they're going to test test it out on on our bodies and see how we respond, right? Well, let's how about we open up the country clubs and the golf clubs and then let's let's start there, right? So if you feel so affected by all of that shit that's happening in the outside world and the last thing that you want to do is have somebody fucking stroke your clit, then listen. You are that's okay too. And you just got to be upfront with it and be like maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe 3 months from now, you know? Your and that is your right. It is your body. And you just got to say what you feel good in doing. And if it's not today, maybe tomorrow you'll feel differently. But that's all That's all you. You decide. Our last question, clearly, <laughs> clearly, never gets old because the people want to know. Does size really matter? I mean, I, listen, I think it's up to you, what you like, what fits your body. I certainly have had dicks that are too big, that I've bruised my cervix, where I'm sore the next day, can barely walk. Is that great? Perhaps. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't like to be bruised like that, but I'm just saying, sometimes I suck it up for the big dick because I do like big dicks. And I will admit that I am a sizist, okay? So it is my preference. Am I you know, running out the room if it's not a big dick? you know, I'm, I'm growing growth, growth. I'm doing better. So the answer is no, I'm not quite running out, but I just hope that if not, you have other ways to compensate, overcompensate that you still can make the experience incredible. That's all I hope for. No mediocre sex. That's always my answer. Be honest, be upfront, be communicative, say what feels good, say what you don't like. That's always my advice. Um, I'm really excited that we got to answer some of these questions and I'm looking forward to doing more Dear Pro Ho segments in the future. So please submit your questions um, via email, DMs, follow us on Instagram, like, subscribe, share, all of that good stuff. And we will catch you next week, dropping every Wednesday. Stay tuned. Peace.